Hi everyone, I'm your host, Helen Emmons Banfield, and you're listening to Things Your History Teacher Didn't Tell You. Today I'm joined by my special guest, Maggie Stoll. Hi everyone, happy to be here. And we're happy to have you. I have my good friend Maggie here to talk with me about the French cake, Galette des Rois, or King Cake, and the tradition that goes along with it. Ooh, I'm excited for this one, which is like one of my favorite things, as you know. Oh, I love food too, so much. I could talk about it for hours, which is pretty much perfect for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, that brings me to our sponsor, Cup Noodles. Oh, I love Cup Noodles. That was a good segue there, too. Aw, oh, thanks. This podcast is brought to you by Cup Noodles. Have you ever been drinking noodle soup and wondered, wow, wouldn't this be so much better in a styrofoam cup? Well, your prayers have been answered. Cup Noodles is a deliciously steamy soup filled to the brim with noodles. Yep, they're filled all the way up. Didn't leave an entire inch on the bottom. They have flavors like beef, chicken, hot and spicy shrimp. Ooh, hot and spicy. (laughs) Yes, and you can find them in any grocery store. So head up your local Fred Meyer and buy like 40 of them because they're really cheap. You're listening to Things Your History Teacher Didn't Tell You. Yeah, they're literally 60 cents. I mean, this is how I survived in college. I just lived off cup noodles. So, getting back to our original topic. The galette de roi, or what we're going to call king cake for Maggie's sake, is a French puff pastry tart traditionally eaten on the Christian holiday called Epiphany. Oh, we're getting a little religious here. I hope no one comes after us. So, tell me a bit more about what this cake is made of. I see you're getting right to the point. Yes, I like my desserts. I need to know more about it. Okay, so the cake or tart is made up of a layer of puff pastry, then a layer of frangipan, which is essentially a rich almond cream. Oh, yummy. I know, right? And then on top, there's another layer of puff pastry, which is then washed in egg and cut with a design. The delicious cake is usually served warm. Oh my god, you're killing me. You're making me so hungry. I know, it makes me so hungry too. And in other places, they have variations on the cake, but they're all for epiphany. For example, in Latin America, they have Rosca de Reyes, and in Greece, they have a Vasilopita. They even have one in New Orleans, which is called a king cake. It's also surprising that in the south of France, they even have a different version of the cake. Theirs is an oval-shaped ring made of sweet bread and topped with dried fruit and pieces of sugar. Wait, so they just use sweet bread in the south of France? I mean, come on, you gotta step it up a little, southern France. Yeah, Paris is over there making pastry with 70 different layers, and the south of France is just making a ring of sweet bread. So lame. Bringing it back, the design that was cut on the cake was sometimes a spiral symbolizing the sun, especially during the Louis XIV era. My speculation is that they did the symbol for the sun because Louis XIV was named the Roi de Soleil, which means King's Sun or King of the Sun. Okay, yeah, so tell me a bit more about the cake. Like, what is puff pastry and what is frangipan? Well, puff pastry is a dough used for pastries or tarts made from flour, salt, butter, and water. It's known for its flaky texture in many layers. In frangipan, it is a rich almond cream made from butter and sugar, eggs, and finely ground almonds. Not to be confused with marzipan. Yuck. Marzipan's gross. Yeah, I don't like it either. Now, the frangipan has an interesting origin story. So there's two theories, which both started in 11th century Italy. Okay. So basically, this family in 11th century Italy was bestowed the last name Frangipani, 
from the Italian phrase frangir il pan, which means bread break. They were given this name because they were generous during a famine and gave the whole town bread. Oh, that, that's very nice of them. Also, that's a lot of bread to give out for free. I know, they were pretty generous. So someone in the Frangipani family invented Frangipan. The first story tells of a Jacopa de Setasoli, who was a member of the Frangipani family and became a follower and friend of St. Francis. St. Francis had named her a brother, despite the fact that she was a woman. This made it so she was allowed into the friary to visit with the dying, where women were banned from entering. <clears throat> so when St. Francis had fallen ill and was on the brink of dying, he requested that Jacopa bring a sweet almond treat for him that she had made for him before. And although he wasn't able to eat it, it was named Frangipan from then on. Okay, that seems interesting. So that's the first theory. The second one is that in the 16th century, Marquis Muzio Frangipani created it. He was living in Paris at the time and was the inventor of a very popular almond perfume, which was said to be worn by Louis XIII. To encapsulate the scent of the perfume, patisserie's flavored pastry with almond and named it Frangipan. Well, that's so lame. The guy didn't even make it. He's just some rich dude that made a perfume. I like the other story a lot better. I know, right? Very frustrating. Now, part of the tradition for the Galette des Rois is finding the fève or bean that is hidden inside the cake. Excuse me, did you say bean? Yep. Why would you ruin a perfectly good cake with a bean? I mean, who even likes beans? Well, they don't eat the bean. The idea is whoever gets the bean in their slice of cake is crowned king for a day. Gets to wear a gold purple crown. Oh, so you want that bean. <laughs> yes, you do want the bean. And to make it fair, the youngest child in the family would sit under the table and shout out who got which slice of the cake. So they probably did that because the youngest child was the only one who could fit under the table, am I correct? Yeah, I suspect so. They don't use beans anymore, though. Now they use small porcelain figures instead. And bakeries get pretty creative with their fevs, too. My mom owns one that's a little pickle with a mustache and is named <laughs> Monsieur Lyon Le Cornichon. <laughs> that's cool. Does just you own any others? She has one of the little king with a sword, but that's it. We don't have an impressive collection. Some families have massive collections of fevs that they've kept over the years. And an interesting fact about fev collections, there's a guy named Bernard Jolie who owns over 1,200 fevs, according to France TV. Wow, that's a lot of porcelain. At least they're not using beans anymore. Yeah, I just have a giant collection of beans. Can you imagine? <laughs> this is my fava bean I got in 1995, and this is my black bean I got in 1967. <laughs> um, okay, so coming back to the holiday epiphany, can you explain a little more about that as I'm confused? Uh, sure. So, this holiday is celebrated on January 6th, which is the 12th day of Christmas and when the three wise men came to visit baby Jesus. The idea was to lure the wise men into coming to Epiphany with the cake. Ooh. So, they attracted them with delicious food? Yep. And interestingly, <laughs> during the French Revolution, the name changed to Gâteau de l'Egalité, because it wasn't really a done thing to be a king at the time. Oh, so it wasn't cool to be a king because they were all like, ah, kill the monarchy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Also, French President uh, François Hollande is not allowed to get a chance to become king for a day, so he eats a cake without a feb or a paper gold crown. Aww, he doesn't get to be king? But I guess that makes sense, because they don't want Lear become king for a day, you know. Yeah, that wouldn't be the best. Alright, I think that wraps it up for this episode of Things Your History Teacher Didn't Tell You, where some rich dude invented a perfume that's turned into a pastry, Maggie gets mad at the south of France, and the president of France does not get to be king. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, and tune in next time. 
for another episode of Things Your History Teacher Didn't Tell You.